Beautiful, beautiful daf. And as we said when we began, Meseches Ktubis, it's called Shas Katan, because it takes us on a journey to a number of different uh, areas in, uh, in Shas. And this daf is going to be no different. We're going to have a few different fascinating topics. Let us get going. Today's daf is daf Yud Beis in Meseches Ktubis, and we're going to pick up from the bottom of Yud Aleph Amud Beis from Tonu Rabbanon. The last word, three lines from the bottom of the daf. And here we go. Tanu Rabbanon. The rabbis learned, and so should we. If a, if a husband brought her in, first husband brought her in, as we're going to see, there's going to be a second husband. First husband brought her in with the intent of doing Nisuin. However, there are witnesses that they actually never had steer together. They never actually secluded themselves and therefore there's no chance that she's a non-Basula. There's no chance that they had relations. Inami or you could say that he married her for the purpose of marriage and Nistera they even secluded together. However, they weren't in the Yichud room long enough to have relations. Okay. So either way, was there Nisuin? Yes. Was there a consummation of the marriage? Was there intercourse? Certainly not. Still, look at the Brisa. She now goes and marries a second guy. And the second guy gets married to her on Wednesday night. Thursday morning, he comes to bed and says, there's no Besulim. You know what we say to him? Tough luck, it doesn't matter. The bottom line is, there's a major Chiddush. As soon as she had Nisuin, she loses her status of a basula. There's no longer Tainas Basulim. It doesn't work anymore. As I zucked, the Bryce. That's the statement of the Bryce. Here we go. Top of today's daf. Amar Rabba. Rabba says about this Bryce. Zot omeret. What this means to tell us is, Knossa becheskas basula venizgeis baula. Let's say a person marries a woman, assuming that she's a virgin, and it turns out that she wasn't. Yesh laksuva mana. She receives. Iksuva of a money. Why? Because there's automatic loss of virginity status. Automatic. Okay? So, Ravashi Omar Ravashi says to Rabba, relax. One second. Ba'alma la'ilam, always really a malach, I'll say to you, less luck cloud. She shouldn't get a ksuba at all. You know why? Again, because what was the assumption? She's a basula. Turns out, she's not a basula. So really, listen, the whole thing should be a mekachtos, a mistaken sale. V'shayni hacha. But here it's different. Shaharei knasa rishayn. Because there was ready nesuin with the first husband. So says Rav Ashi, don't infer from this b'risa anything but the situation that the b'risa told us. And that is, when there's nesuin, there's automatic ba'ula status. Otherwise... You can't really infer anything. You can't really infer anything. Okay? You got to take the case of the Brisa literally as is. Says the Gemara, one second. One second. And now we're going to enter a fascinating sugya. The Gemara is going to say, she got married to guy number one. Husband number one married her. Was there relations? No. She now marries fellow number two. He comes the next morning and says, there's no basulim. What do you tell the guy? Tough. One second. 
Why aren't we concerned that she had willing relations while she was in Arusa to fellow number two, and they are forbidden? Meaning, shkayuk, that there's an automatic status. But bottom line is, look at her body. Should her body be a baula body? No. Now it is. Shouldn't we tell them they need to figure this out? Why are we saying to the guy, yeah, big deal. It is a big deal. Again, physically, should her body be that of a bula? No. And it is. So is there a chance that she had relations underneath him and they're forbidden to be together? Yet. So why are we making like it's nothing? Maybe, maybe she, she strayed with the first, with the first, with the first husband, not the second one. Okay, so we don't know. We don't know. Okay. So, but the, shouldn't we uh, try to figure it out, right? You're right. Rather, you know what the case has to be by the second husband. Here's what happened. The second husband got married to her the same way we do it nowadays. And that is, he puts a ring on her finger under the chuppah, and he goes straight into the yichud room. And therefore, is there any chance that she's had relations while she was in Arusa to him? No, there's no chance. We, she's been at her chasna. Everybody's, there, there's Adam, there's witnesses saying she danced straight from the chuppah into the, into the yichud room. Where that's the first time there's potential for relations. And in such a circumstance, that's where we say that we don't encourage him to come with Tainas Basulim. Otherwise, actually, if he would have Tainas Basulim, we would encourage him, the second husband, to come to Bezdin because of the Suffolk. And uh, this way, Bezdin would be able to clarify whether they are allowed to stay together or not. Okay, that's one approach. We could the season. Some say this conversation happened based upon our Mishnah. The, the Mishnah said, Besula, Almana, Gerusha, Vechalutza. If a person is a virgin, and then as a virgin, this woman's a virgin, as a virgin, she becomes a widow, or a divorcee, or a Chalutza. Min HaNisuin, if she already had Nisuin, Ksuba, Son, It's an automatic Ksuba of a Mane, even though she has the body of a Besula. The ain't lem tainas besulim is also no tainas besulim because the, again, what does nesuin do? It automatically takes her out of that status of besulim. Besulim and nesuin heichem eshkachas. So how is it possible to have a virgin who was from nesuin? The case is going to be where they had chupa, but they didn't have relations together. And on this, Amar Raba, Raba infers zot omerit. This means to teach us knasa becheskas besulim nimsbula. If the second husband married her. Assuming that she was a Basula. And it turns out that she was not a Basula, she was a Baula. On that, Ravashi Omar, one second, we should say she doesn't get nothing at all. Why? And here it's different because she already had Chuppah, and once she had Chuppah, so you lose the claim. Why, same question. Why aren't we concerned that maybe they're forbidden to each other? Shravya says the case is like we do nowadays. Okay, same halacha, just it came about based upon our Mishnah as opposed to based upon the Brisa. And says the Gemara, by the way, just to note, man la the one who learns out the conversation um, can be learned out of the Brisa, it's he certainly agrees that you'd be able to learn the same thing from our Mishnah, because in our Mishnah there are no Edim at all, knowing for sure that she's uh, a non-Besula. We don't know that for sure. 
So, of course, you know, since there's, there's less reason for the chosin to have assumed the, uh, her bia besula, we could be lenient. However, he'll say that the b'risa cannot be a source of our halacha, because the, the chosin can say, listen, I'm relying on the witnesses. Remember, the case of the b'risa was where witnesses came and told us what happened. And since witnesses came and told us what happened, so the chassan can always uh, can always say, "Listen, I'm just relying on the testimony of the uh, of the adim." And what are you going to say? Oh, maybe not, because she was previously married, so you have no taina. No. The bottom line is, you have adim saying um, the the fact that there's adim saying that she is a besula comes out lemaisa doesn't mean anything. Fine. Period. End of that gemara. That Gemara really ended yesterday's daf. Okay, that wraps up yesterday's daf. And now we're going to enter a new Mishnah and a new Sugya. Now this is just going to take us to the bottom of the Yom, but there's another Mishnah, a second Mishnah, on the bottom of, of Amar Aleph. So this is a short Mishnah on Brisa. It's actually very, very fascinating. Um, a little lighter than uh, the Gemara we just learned, but very, very informative. So here we go. Says the Mishnah almost smack dab in the middle of Yudbe's Amar Aleph. If a person visits as a guest in his father-in-law's home, so he's in his kala. Now remember, they had Arison. They just didn't have Nasun. They didn't move in yet. So he goes to her parents' home for Shabbos. All right? Shaloba Edom. And there are no Edom. Now what do you mean there's no Edom? There's no Adam telling us what's happening in that house. So listen closely. It's amazing. I'm going to ask you. You have a married couple. They're married. They're in Yehuda. We're going to see what's unique about Yehuda. So they're in the same house. They're married. They just didn't move in together in his house yet. And there's no Adam telling us what happened. Would any of us be shocked if the two of them would have marital relations? No. No, I don't think we'd be shocked. Right? Well, okay, fine. No. Fine. Now, they only had Arison, right? They didn't move in yet, but he's visiting her family for Shabbos, we'll call it. All right. Now, there's nobody in the house keeping an eye on them at all times. All right. Maybe they were together, maybe they weren't. Say it. Fine. So it's Shaloba Edom. There's no Edom telling us what happened that day. Says the Mishnah, something that we can understand according to what our conversation, how our conversation just went. Then she moves in with him five months later, and he goes, he comes to bed the next morning. Oh my goodness, she was not a Basula. Do you think we're going to change her Ksuba? Or have any concern about, uh, you know, any, uh, you know, a forbidden relation with somebody else? No. Says the Mishnah, you know, we say to the husband, bye, doesn't matter that you didn't find Besulim. You know why? You and her had Yichud together a while ago in her father-in-law's house. If you didn't find Besulim, it's probably your fault. It's probably nobody else's fault. All right? So this Mishnah is telling us something fascinating. It's something to take Grab hold of just in, in logic, and this happens very often in life. 
when people come with claims or excuses as to why things are, and you can really point back previously and say, listen, I, we apologize, but you put yourself into this unfortunate situation, and it is what it is now, and we, we can't help you with Tainas Basulin. You have no claim against your wife. We assume that the two of you were together previously. That is the Mishnah. Says the Gemara. It says, if he eats in the area of Yehuda in his father's house. What do you mean if he eats? You can infer that there were times, even in the area of Yehuda in Eretz Yisrael, okay, of Judea, where Hassanim and Kalas stayed separate. And they wouldn't get together in the father-in-law's home. That's the assumption. Because again, if he did it in Yehuda... There's no Tainas Basul, which means not everybody did that. Amr says, You see, even in Yehuda, you can't make a blanket statement about what people did. It all depended on the circumstances surrounding the Chosen and Kala. Okay, now we should all be here thinking and a little confused. What's this area of Yehuda, of Judea, and Eretz Yisrael? Why there? Why don't we say this happens anywhere? What exactly is happening? Okay, so the Gemara is going to tell us um, a, uh, the beginning of a fascinating tale. A, uh, is a tale me not true? Not true. A, ta- a, a, a fairy tale is that? Or? Yeah, it's true. A tale could be a true story, right? Yeah, it could. Uh, it could. Usually it's told over as a... Uh, as an okay, so there's a true story. Here we go. Okay, time we're going to says, In the beginning, in the area of Judea, they always would make sure the day of the wedding, the chosen and kala would be secluded together in the room. They would be miyached before the wedding. Incredible. So that they should be able to start building an intimate relationship. Now, this does not mean a relationship with intimacy. Okay. It doesn't mean a relationship uh, with that to have physical relations. Intimacy is not f- physical. Into the most intimate moments are when there is when there's a connection of neshamas, right? Many of us, I'm sure, have very intimate moments in our lives, just where there's a feeling of of goodness. And right, some people it could be Friday night when they say kiddush, or it could be you know there's there's certain thoughts of in, they, they, it just it, it feels good. They're, they're, right, everything feels comfortable. So they would purposely have the chosen and kala be miyached right before the wedding. We're going to see why this was so crucial. But in the Galilee and the Galil, they would not do this. Okay. Also in Yehuda, they would give both the chosen and kala in a, a, a helper, an attendant. One attendant for the chosen, one attendant for the kala. Why? In order to check out the chosen and kala when they, when they would enter chuppah, means they, each one kind of would bring a shomer, like a, a, a witness, about what happened after the first act of intercourse. Why? We didn't want, let's say, for example, the chassan changing the bedsheets after their first night together so that he could c- come and claim, I didn't see any dam, I didn't see any blood. Okay? 
Now, what if there is no blood? So he'll say, oh, he'll very conveniently say, well, I don't know where the sheets are anymore. I threw them out. So therefore you had her attendant there. Okay? Now, you can also have on the other end, a kala, Rashi explains, showing up, knowing that she's not non-virgin, but placing on the sheets some blood that she was able to uh, pull from herself earlier in the day. And she would wipe it on the linens and make it look like she was a, a besula. So each one kind of had their own uh, attendant in Yehuda originally. In the Galil, they wouldn't do that. They would also have, the, have these people sleeping in the same room, same house as them. Obviously, they were needed to be in the area. And anybody who didn't keep these minhagim, meaning they didn't bring the witnesses, they didn't bring the attendants, they didn't, um, so on and so forth. So, if they didn't follow the minhag, and you're like, you know what? We don't need the shushbinen. We don't need the attendants. Well, guess what we say? That's very nice. We're not going to force it. But you should just know we say to the chassan, the next morning, if you show up and claim that there was no dam, we're not listening to you. We're not listening to you. It's your own fault that you're deciding to, to do this. Now, says the Gemara, ahai. What does it mean if you don't have this minhag? It's going on the beginning of the b'risa. Say anybody who does have the minhag to, uh, to be miyachid together cannot come and claim Tainas Basulim, right? Why? Because they're already at Yichud. Allah Sefer, rather, must be on the Sefer, where it talks about each one should bring their own shushbin, their own watchers, their own attendants. It should say anybody who's not checked out beforehand cannot come the next morning. See, either way, ask the Gemara a question, the expression of the Braiza is not, is, it doesn't really make sense. Amar Abayi, says, no, it's referring to the first halacha of in Yehuda, the Chosen and Kala being miyachid, utani kol shenog, anybody who has the minog of the Chosen and Kala being together the day of the wedding, cannot come the next morning for Tainas Besul. That's how Abayi says it. You can't say that because says anybody who doesn't do it. And, uh, and you're telling, giving me a case of anybody who does do it cannot claim. But the, what's the expression of the bride? So whoever doesn't do it cannot claim. So that can't be the case either. Rather, Rav explains like this. This is what we mean to say. If you don't keep the minag of the galil in the galil, but rather, let's say you have a couple that's miyachid before the wedding even though that wasn't the custom. You know what happens as soon as that's done? So interesting, you know, we've been talking about a chassan showing up the morning after and saying there was no signs of virginity. You know what the question's going to be to him? Have you and your wife ever had yichud together? Prior to the wedding, were you ever miyachid? Do you ever seclude yourself together? And if the answer was yes, Tainas Basulam is out the window. Ravashi Yama Ravashi says, Laila really it's going on the Seifa, Utni, Kol Shalai Mushmush, and it means you should learn it up to mean anybody who did not, uh, who the, the sheets and everything else was not checked out, also um, also cannot come with, uh, with Tainas Basulam. Okay. Gavaldik. Very good. Now let's talk for a moment. What's this whole deal? Of Yehuda, all right. What's this? Why in Yehuda? Usually, Yichud 
before marriage, right, is not allowed, or even after, right, even after Arison, we don't, uh, they're not encouraged to be together before Nisuin. So what's this whole idea in Yehuda, why, um, why they would uh, be miyachid? Why they would be miyachid? See, here's what happened. This is the unfortunate situation that uh, took place, it seems particularly in the areas of Yehuda. There was a decree, there was a decree by the Roman governors that any woman who got married was obligated to be with her, we're going to get into this soon, but I'll explain now, so just to give clarity, was obligated to have relations with the governor the first night. Okay? It was a, a death penalty otherwise. It was a death penalty. So, they would, the women would do this. It was against their will. So they didn't become forbidden to their husbands. Actually, if they were wives of Kohanim, they would go into hiding for the rest of their lives, pretty much. Because even a wife of a Kohen who's violated against her will becomes forbidden to her husband. So they had a much bigger problem. See, here's what they would do. Here's, this is inc- such an incredible uh, uh, limud to take. Chazal instituted that before that happened, the chasen and kala should spend time together. It didn't even need to be physical time. It needed to be intimate time. Time of the meeting of the minds. As the Gemara says, they should grow fond feelings for each other. Why is this crucial? See, here we go. And this applies to our lives and applies to anybody's life. That day was going to turn out to be very traumatic. It's going to be a lot of trauma. This woman's about to be violated by somebody who she doesn't want touching her. Before that happens, you need that she has a support system. You need that she already feels a connection with her husband. You need that. And this holds true. I know when, the, the, uh, when uh, my father, Zechariah Levracha, was going through a, a specific procedure, it wasn't, didn't have such a high success rate, but the doctor told us that in the medical field, it's, uh, I forget exactly which procedure it was, it had to do with the heart, and it was very risky. The rate of recovery from this procedure was far higher if the patient had a family to go home to afterwards as opposed to if they were going to rehab. Because just to have people there for you as a support system is healing. It's necessary. And therefore, Chazal understood that even though in general maybe we're not going to encourage a husband and wife to be together before the Nesuin, in this circumstance, it was necessary, and therefore they would be together. That's why Yehuda was different than the Galil. Everywhere else, it didn't apply. But in Yehuda, they were actually doing this for a positive reason. It was an instruction from the sages of that time that they should be together. Okay. Mom is fascinating. Here we go. Next mission. Whether she is a widow who comes from a family of Yisraelim, or whether she is a widow who comes from family of Kaihanim. Ksubasa Mone. Her ksuba is a mone. 
It's the same amount. Okay. Says the Gemara, says the Mishnah, However, if you had a Bezdin of Kaihanim, they would actually, you know, a regular Besula, her Ksuba would say 200 Zuz. When you had a Bezdin of Kaihanim, you know what they instituted? A Kohenes gets double. Her Ksuba needs to be 400. And Acham did not protest. They didn't have a problem with this. Now, why would the Bezdin of Kaihanim double it? The answer is because they said, listen, what's the purpose of a Ksuba? To protect the wife. Well, guess what? Our daughters are the Kohenesses of Klal Yisra. They are they 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 come they're made from the best stuff on earth. They're the elite of Klal Yisrael. And therefore, if you want to marry a Kohenes, we're gonna protect our daughters, and you're gonna to have to uh, you're gonna to have to fork over the cash. You're gonna that that you you know that's the uh, risk you're putting her under. It's like supply and demand, right? If you could if if you could charge charge, it ain't you, it's no problem. All right, it's a fascinating Mishnah. But look, there's a few gaps in this Mishnah, right? Look at the Mishnah again. A widow of a Yisrael and a Kayin always get a mana. A Bezdin of Kahanim would give a Besula double. A Kohenes who's an Almana, does she get double? Doesn't say so. It seems she's also getting a, a, a mana, right? Almana. It seems only a virgin is getting double of a normal Ksuba. But once she's a Baula, once she's a non-virgin, all of a sudden she's getting the same Ksuba as everybody else. Why don't we double that? Double it. Here we go. Says the Gemara. Tana. We learned in the Brisa. The Almanas Kaihanim The Brisa says that even an Almana gets double. The same way a Basula jumps from 200 for a regular to 400 for a Kaihanes. So too, the same way a regular Almana of a Yisraelis gets 100, Almana of a, a, the Almana, who's a Kohenes, should get 200. Says the Gemara, but what about our Mishnah? Which one is it? Does she get 200 like the Brisa or 100 like our Mishnah? Answers the Gemara, Amravashi, Shtei There were actually two Takanas, one after another, not at the same time. There were two different stages of the decree. Listen to what happened. Meikara originally takinu libsula arba meis zuz Originally, they only doubled like our mission. Okay, they only doubled for a besula. They did not double for an almana. They decided. Uh, they decided not to. Okay. Now, top of Amud Beis, top of Yud Beis Amud Beis, kivan dechazu de mezalzalebahu. However, once they saw that a kohenes who was an almana was being treated like anybody else, meaning it was just as easy to divorce her like it was somebody else. Now keep in mind, this is incredible. Because what we see from here is, you can have people who have particular yichas, right? They, they demand more of their wife. They, they demand more of how their family is treated. Okay? So tekinullah masam. They said, well, if you want to marry our almanos, you're going to have to pay 200. She's not a simple Jewess. If any Jewess is simple, right? But that's how they're talking, basically. Right, Kohenes? Now listen to this. 
Kivan minayu. However, they saw that people were not marrying the Kohenes widows. They saw it. People were like, okay, listen, I have an option to marry a widow who's a Yisraelis. Or option to, it's supply and demand. I, I'm not going for this. Why, why should I have to write a big Ksuba? To Amri, uh, they would say, I have a choice. I'm going to have the same Ksuba, right? If I choose to marry a regular unmarried woman and pay her 200 Ksuba, or a married Kohenes, a widowed Kohenes and pay her the same Ksuba, I'm going to be looking for a Besula, Bas Yisrael. Same Ksuba. So Ahadri the Mosayu, they went back. They changed their business model. And they went back to the original business model. Now this Gemara seems very shallow. And it seems to be like, what? People view everything as a business, transgression, a, a, a business transaction. But I want to tell you something. This should not surprise us at all. This actually, if you think for even 30 seconds, makes a lot of sense. How many times have I heard, and I'm talking, this is not a knock, it's just a reality, and people need a function within a, within a, a reality that's theirs. But I remember when I was, when I was uh, about to start, uh, when I was deciding to get married, I was about to start dating. I wasn't trying to date, I was trying to get married. And uh, Baruch Hashem, I was zochet that it went fast. Um, but um, my mother said, I'm always going to marry a girl from Baltimore. I was from Baltimore. And my mother said, all the, all the guys from New York and Lakewood, they don't want to go to Baltimore. Yeah, why? A Baltimore shidduch said, you know, you know what people, some people say, not as, some people say, why should I drive four hours to Baltimore, three and a half hours, two and a half hours to Baltimore? There's, there's plenty of young ladies to date over here. Very common. Very common. You never heard that? If you haven't heard that, you've never been in Shaduchim. Why should I need to go out of town? St. Louis. St. Louis. Huh? In New York, same thing. People lived in New York City. They want to go to Brooklyn. Okay, right. Even, even that's a schlep. Right? Yeah, right? You go from Manhattan to Brooklyn, whatever it is. But you'd say, isn't this like... No, the answer is, listen, if there's people available right next to me, it's fine. Okay, now in the big picture, you're like, listen, maybe there's people next to you, but if you're a Bashar, happens to live in Alaska, that's where you're going, buddy. <laughs> you know what I mean? Whether or not it's less convenient, that's where you're going to end up. Over here, the Gemara is telling us, if somebody has a choice, and it boils down to Ksuba, somebody's got two resumes, and one resume, I'm going to have to drive 15 minutes from my house, and the other resume looks very similar, but it's going to be a, a three-hour plane ride. A lot of people are just going to go with what's closer. This is, this is standard things. We, we know this. This is Maisa B'cholyan. And this is, this is exactly what's happening in our Gemara. You have the Kahanim, and to a certain point, they do have a leg up because of their Yichus. And because, but at a certain point, it ends. And that's, the Gemara is telling us where it ended. It ended by the Ksuba, and therefore they said, you know what? It's better off for us to make sure that our amanas are back at one hundred, and therefore, um, and therefore, they're they're, they're not uh, losing out on any potential shidduch. All right, two dots. Next part of the mission. The mission said bezdin shal kahanim Right, the bezdin of kahanim they change the amount 
for a Kohanis. Amr of Yudah Meshur, Yudah says, Name Shmuel, Light Bezin Shakahanim Bavad Amru. This is not only a Bezdin made up of Kohanim. Ella, Afilu Mishbachai Sem Yechasis Bi Yisrael. You should know. Let's say you come from a Chashiva family in Klal Yisrael. You have a family of Yichus. You're allowed to do that. You're allowed to do that. You could choose to do that. If you have a family of Yichus and you're in high demand, so you could change Aksuba. May say that's a challenging question. One second. You could do it. It says if you have the Akayhenes marrying Yisrael or a Yisraelis to a Kohen, who the Ikatzat Kahuna over there, one the one part of the Shidduch has Kahuna. It seems to imply that if it's not a Kohen, you cannot raise the value of an actual ksuba. You can add on to what the ksuba itself says, but to change the number, the original number of the actual ksuba, that is not allowed. Now, this is a fascinating question. We're going to change, but we're going to, we're going to say this is incorrect. But the Gemara here is thinking as follows The Torah tells us that a Kohen is more chashuv. We have an obligation to sanctify the Kohen. So if the Torah tells me that a Kayan is different, it makes sense. Why? If the Kahanim want to, they can say, listen, we are the creme de la creme, so we charge more. But for a regular family to say, I have, uh, we're, more, we're, we're better than another family, Stam, without the Torah saying that, who are you? If there's no Tzad Kahuna here, you say you're better? Who says you're better? Right? And look at our Yichus as Klal Yisrael. All of our Yichus, our greatest forefathers, our greatest kings, they don't come from untainted lineage. Actually, the one king who came from untainted lineage, Shaul, that was the reason why he couldn't be king. Because he couldn't be messed with. There was like no problems in the lineage. David HaMelech, who was thought to be a mamzer for the first 27 years of his life. And Avram Avinu, who came from, uh, you know, he, who, who came from Terach, you know, who, uh, when you asked him how he was doing, he would say, thank gods. Yeah? So over there, you, you, you know, you, there's, there's not such great ichus, but you have leadership. So outside of the Kahanim, who, who asked the Gemara in this step, who says you could do such a thing? The Gemara says, actually, let me buy a cover. Let me buy a Basra Yisrael. Certainly, when you have a daughter, who, when you have a, a, a woman who's the Yisraelis, and a fellow who's the Yisrael, nobody can say to the other, oh, you know, hey, the husband says to the wife, you married up. Or the wife says to the husband, you know, by marrying me, you married up. Is there any Yisrael that could say that to another? No. I'm a Yid Yuri Yid. I could have got Shlishi before, and I can get Shlishi afterwards. Avobas Yisrael, a But a woman who's born into a family of Salem, now she marries Kahanim. Oh, you're now married to a Kayin. You can eat truma, right? There's a whole new set of standards for you. I would say that, um, that when she, the Israelis, is marrying a Kayin, she has no right to add to the Ksuba. Kamash Malan, the Brysa lets us know a major Chiddush. And the Chiddush is, not only can a Yisrael marry Yisraelis or vice versa change the Ksuba, even if she is a Yisraelis, and she's marrying a Kayan, she can still demand a higher ksuba. 
In other words, it is what it is. The Gemara is saying, you know what? If you could demand a higher ksuba, gizim hate. You could do that. It's, it's, it, Lemaisa, it's a monetary transaction. If people are willing to pay, they're willing to pay. So you're allowed to charge that. That's it. All right? Yeah, that's how they do it. Yeah? Ain't no shame in turning a profit. Right? Okay. If, if the husband is willing to pay it to her, the husband will to pay it to her. That's the, uh, you know, that's what it is. Okay. Next Mishnah. Somebody marries a woman and it turns out he doesn't find any signs of Basulim. Of virginity. He marries Misha, Eras, Tony, Nasti, So you know what she says? She says like this. At the time that we originally got married, I was a Basulim. Now, during the, we'll call it the 12 months, in between my Erisin and our Nisuin, I was violated and nistachpasadeyu and your field flooded, meaning it's your bad, your bad mazel that this happened within the last 12 months. But I'm still permitted to you and I still get the same ksuba. Vuhu Aimer, and he says, likey, not necessarily, Ella maybe you already had relations prior to the Arison, and the sale was a Mekachtais, because you told me you were a Besula, and I'm saying you were a Beula. Okay? Now I want to pause for a minute. Chevra, we're now entering a beautiful, beautiful sugya. Listen closely, this is amazing. Beautiful sugya. Listen to the case. The couples together, they have relations. The husband says, you're not a virgin. She agrees. She says, but you know why I'm not a virgin? Not because there's a problem with our relationship. I happen to have been violated in the last 12 months. So I was a basula at the time of marriage. And now I'm violated. So we're, we're able to stay together. And there's no problem. She went to told him as soon as it happened. Okay. Okay. Good question. Good question. Man, well, they're, they're starting out on the wrong foot as it is, right? Then the husband says, really? How do I know? You're 35 years old. This could have happened any time over the last 32 years. You say it happened over the last year. Maybe it happened beforehand. And the whole thing's a mekach tois. Now I want to say something. I, I want to point something out before we see this in the Mishnah. We have two things that the, we're going to initially take into account. This is major ramifications of how financial, th- uh, financial things work. On one hand, you could say, who's the one who's got the cash in his hand? The husband. Usually, if you want to obligate somebody to pay, if she wants to prove that she gets 200, she should have to prove definitively that she gets 200. Are we late? Are we from Mincha? You said it was 8 o'clock. What time is it now? It's uh, 10 to 12 to oh, 8. I just okay, sorry. Yeah, yeah. Sorry about that. I was making sure I'm not late. So that's on one hand. On the other hand, here's the other thing. Ready? She says she knows what happened. I'm coming with a claim of a bury. I know what happened. Don't tell me what happened to my body. I know I was violated six months ago. And he's like, eh, maybe. How do I know? So he's a Shema. He's a, he's a maybe. She says, I know what's happening. He says, I don't know. 
On the other hand, you have a Meisachar Elvarai. So which one's going to win out over here? You hear this? Beautiful. This is, the, this is going to be the, this is going to be the sugya. So here we go. Says the Mishnah. You, right, you, hear, you hear the two uh, contrasting uh, issues that we need to deal with over here. So Rabbi Yeshua, I'm, uh, I skipped over here, says the Gemara. Rabbi Gamliel, Rabbi Lezer, I'm Rabbi Gamliel and Rabbi Eliezer say, we believe her. You know why? Because she says, I am a Bari. I know what happened. The husband doesn't know. She says, I know. So we believe her. Rabbi Yeshua, I'm says, let me be on the No, we don't rely on that. Rather, we're going to assume, since right now she's a non-virgin, we're going to assume she's always been a non-virgin, until she could bring proof to her claim that the husband's obligated to give her more money. That is the fascinating machlokas in our Mishnah. Okay? You understand the issue here? We have a, a, a wild, we have two rules. Huh? Saying I don't want to, I, I don't want to marry. Um, maybe he is. Maybe he's saying it. He is saying it to You told me when we got married, you were a basula, and I'm saying now we we, we had relations. You are not a basula, and I, I'm assuming that it happened uh, prior to our marriage. And if you want to prove otherwise, go prove it. Prove to me, bring witnesses this happened in the last 12 months. That's what he's saying. Says the Gemara like this. Imar, we learned. Somebody says to someone else, you owe me $100. I don't know. You got to pay $100. One guy says, I know you owe me. The other one's like, I don't know. So the one who knows is the one we listen to. Says, no, you don't. Because the other guy, he's got to prove it. Whenever you have a claim of a bari and you have a claim of a shema, what do you listen to? The bari. I'm the one with the money. I'm the one who pays for lunch. I decide how much to pay to prove it otherwise. It's really going to the opinion of Shmuel the time we learned the Mishnah. If you have a woman who's pregnant, and we say to the woman, who's the daddy of this baby inside of you? And she says, oh, I'll tell you who the father is. The father is, uh, is uh, Yankul Kohn. We trust her. She's the one who knows what happened to her body. It's a praise. What even the first case? Even though that there's a there's a reason to say that that the money stays with with its current owner. Still, we say You see that Shmuel is the one who agrees with the claim that. That um, whenever you have a bari v'shema, you're going to follow the claim of the bari. Lema reviewed of Ravuna Damri Damri Krebi Gamliel. Rav Nachman Rav Yeshua. Rav Yechon Amar Kerev Yeshua. Right? Maybe each one holds one holds like Rav Gamliel. The other one holds like Rav Yeshua. Who holds? I'm Eisver Chayel of Araya. Amar Lachav Nachman. Last step for today. I know Damri. I feel like Rav Gamliel. I can even follow Rav Gamliel. Ad kam lekam Rav Gamliel Hasam. Rav Gamliel only says over there to believe the wife. Ella deika migu. That's where there is a migu. What does a migu mean? I could have even given a claim that was more advantageous for me. And since I didn't give that more advantageous claim, I should be believed with the lesser claim. But when somebody says, you owe me $100, those guys, I don't know. What, what migu is there? 
Yeah, he said, I don't know. Maybe we keep the woman in her chazaka, meaning she was always a basula. Let's assume she remains a basula until we know that she lost her basula. But in the other case of the, of the money, we'll say, what sort of chazaka does the guy have? He says, you owe me $100. The other guy's like, I don't know. Does there, is there a chazaka you owe $100? No. So who says we're going to listen to that claim? Period. We'll hold it here. We're up to Hachanami Mistavra on the bottom line. And Be'ezra Sashem, we will pick up from here tomorrow. Have a wonderful, wonderful evening. Remind everybody about the. Uh... Yes, everybody, reminder about our Siyam on Yavamis tomorrow evening, Be'ezra Sashem, 6 p.m., followed by Dafyaimi at 7 p.m. It's going to take place here in Shul.